When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, hello everyone. It's Susie, Crypto Granny here. The date is the 11th of March, 2022, and the time Melbourne time it's 17.59 p.m. Uh, just before dinner. Just uh, a little bit later today, I've been doing a lot of analysis of this market today, looking at all different things. It takes me quite a while sometimes to look at all the different markets. Uh, at the moment, we've got Bitcoin, as we speak, at 38894. And we've got Ethereum around 2583, Binance at 373, and X up here at 75 cents. Now, the 24-hour trading clock for Bitcoin was 42085, 42545. Then it got down to 38879. So currently it's very close to that low at the moment. Um, if we look at the market cap at the moment, it's 1.760 trill. Volume is 52.921 bill. Liquidity is lower at 4.725 bill. And Bitcoin dominance is 41.92%. Uh, if we look at some of the um, the coins, there's been a mixture of up and down, but most of the market is down today. If we go to the overall market down, it's about 87% down to about 13% up. We still see a quite a bit of leverage in this market at 0.20%. Uh, there are a lot of call options being done at the moment. So if we look at Bitcoin call options compared to put options, which is a bullish strategy, we find the call options for Bitcoin uh, something like 90,000 against put options of 45, uh, nearly 46,000. If we look at Ethereum, the call options on Ethereum are 1.09 million against puts at 354,000 odd. So they're quite, they're a lot more bullish Ethereum than uh, Bitcoin on the call options. And God knows why, because as we know, Bitcoin has a very limited, um, you know, total Bitcoin is limited, 21 million in total. Uh, total Bitcoin at the moment that's been mined is around 18.977 mil. Uh, roughly about 2 million are left to be mined. And new Bitcoin every day is about 900. And the percent of Bitcoin that's already been issued is about 90 odd percent. And Michael uh, Sayer from CEO of Michael Strategy remains very, very vocal about Bitcoin. He has the ho largest holding of Bitcoin in the world. And it's something like about 120,000 of Bitcoin. And he said countless times why he's in Bitcoin for his own personal gain and his company gain, which is publicly listed. He says Bitcoin is a scarce asset and it's the scarcest asset of all. According to its code, there can only be 21 mean Bitcoin mine. And once that supply is mined, there is no more Bitcoin coming into circulation. And he's absolutely right about that because, you know, there are other assets can be created. You know, you can create more gold, you can create more cars, you can create more houses, you know, more of anything else in terms of certain luxuries and real estate and watches. But again, you can't create any more Bitcoin. And once it's gone, it's gone. And thus, from the shortage of supply of Bitcoin, it will go higher just by virtue of a shortage of supply. And I actually agree with him on this. He's put his money where his mouth is. He has, as I said, over 120,000 Bitcoin worth almost $5 billion. And in his mind, it is just a no-brainer. And I agree with this guy totally. I mean, Bitcoin can only go so low uh, and then it's just going to be sucked up and never see the light of day again. And I think that is absolutely true. 
Now, just talking about the Korean, um, the Ukraine thing, obviously they've been incredibly supported by the cryptocurrency market and they've received over $100 billion in crypto and obviously one of their largest exchanges is Kuna, which has been taking a lot of those deposits, something like $62 million. Also, Kraken came out and said they want to uh, give $10 million, uh, to the effective clients and that's a program that's running from March the 9th to the 1st of July, which is great for humanitarian uh, needs as such. Now, also we had the CPI come out last night in the US, which I'll talk about, but also Congress supports a very large, a larger defence budget uh, than what they, they were having before, simply because of the Ukraine uh, story. So, Congress support for increase in defence budget is gaining steam simply because of the Russian invasion of the Ukraine. Uh, it looks like you know they're going to, to Congress with an extra twenty five billion, which has been requested by the White House, and it looks like it'll probably end up going through the twenty five billion plus another seven hundred and seventy eight billion for defence spending for the twenty twenty two fiscal year, and that doesn't surprise me. But we've also seen China also come out and say they're going to increase their spending defence budget more than, you know, economic growth or health or anything. Uh, also, Goldman Sachs, uh, the big investment bank in the US, one of the largest ones, says they're shutting their Russian business. They're the first major Wall Street bank to leave uh, after the Ukraine war. They said they're excess, ex exiting the Russian business and they're going to basically close down the operations. Uh, it's estimated they've got about 940 million in total exposure, total assets to Russia, and they said they're going to shut down the operations in Russia, even though they will still facilitate trades and debt securities tied to the nation. Uh, that, as I said, they're the first to do it. Uh, obviously, there are other big banks that uh, have exposure to Russia, but they haven't done done that yet. Uh, Citibank, Citigroup apparently has a bigger exposure to Russia. As of the 2021, they had 9.8 billion according to their filing. Uh, Goldman Sachs only have 940 million, uh, including 650 million in credit. Uh, the Bank of America uh, has a little bit, but uh, some of the other banks, J.P. Morgan, Bank of America and Morgan Stanley, that also have uh, exposure to Russia. Uh, but certainly Citigroup has the largest exposure of $9.8 billion, which is not great because, as you know, the Russian, uh, um, the Russian ruble has gone down below one cent to the US dollar, so it's not worth literally anything at the moment. So that, that's very interesting in itself. Uh, if we talk about the UC, US CPI figure last night, the market was expecting 7.9% and they actually got 7.9%. Uh, obviously, it was right across the board in, you know, inflationary presses. I mean, the, the risk was that that figure was going to actually be higher than 7.9%, okay? Uh, but it was what it was what was to be expected. Uh, you know, obviously, it's the fastest consumer price growth in the last 40 years, and clearly, you know, it's because of, you know, high commodity prices, high food prices, you know, high living prices, high groceries to store purchases and all things like that, right? So it's just, you know, uh, month on month it was up 0.8% compared to January of 0.6%. But, you know, it's just, you know, it's just the cost of living is escalating right across the world. And we see that everywhere. We see that in the UK, we see that in Australia, we see it in all the Western countries as well as Greece and Turkey and a lot of other countries as well, unfortunately. So it looks like the Fed next week, the 15th and 16th of March, will probably rate rise 25 basis points. And the market is actually expecting that. And I think if they just go 25, that would be fine. But any more than that will certainly frighten the markets, particularly with what's happening uh, in, in the Ukraine uh, via the Russian invasion, unfortunately. So we just have to see uh, and just see what happens there uh, with that. Uh, obviously, you know, the civilians in, in the Ukraine have been trying to get out of there in, in potential combat zones. Uh, you know, apparently there's been, there has been ceasefire talks, but there's been no progress uh, whatsoever. And, you know, the Russians have denied that they uh, struck a maternity hospital in Muropol, uh this week, uh, as the uh, Ukrainians actually claim. So people were wounded and, and all sorts of things. Now, also, the Ukraine has foreign companies in the Ukraine 
uh, that own about 25%. Uh, there's foreign exchange, foreign ownership that exceeds 25%. And there's some talk that the Russians could privatise that once they take over the Ukraine, which wouldn't be great if you're a foreign, you know, owner of foreign companies uh, in, in the Ukraine as such. So, uh, yeah, we just have to see what happens there. Now, the European Central Bank unexpectedly accelerated its wind down of monetary stimulus, signaling it's more concerned about record inflation, record inflation than weaker growth as the Russian war threatened to propel prices even higher. Uh, they said that they're calling the uh, invasion of the Ukraine a watershed moment for, the, for Europe. The EC European Central Bank officials pledged to slow bond buying from the start of May and said they could halt the program as soon as the third quarter. Uh, the, and as they saw the US price uh, accelerate in February due to rising gas, food and housing uh, costs as such. So that's a big turnaround from the European Central Bank. Now, clearly, that will not be good for equity markets, not at all. And certainly, uh, you know, if the Fed go too high, you know, wind back uh, their, their monetary stimulus and also they go too high in rates, then, you know, that will not be good for the equity market either because the equity market, you know, is priced on a discounted cash flow model and obviously on an interest rate. So, uh, you know, we just have to keep an eye out for uh, next March, um, sorry, March the 15th and 16th, which is uh, in about four or five days and see what happens. Now, just talk about the crypto news. Uh, Ocoin has launched Bitcoin Odyssey, a year-long pledge among venture capital firms to deploy $165 million in products that accelerate Bitcoin adoption. The capital will go towards products across Web3, including Metaverse, play-to-earn games, DeFi, NFTs and DAOs. Uh, the participating firms include Coindex, parent uh, company Digital Currency Group, GSR, White Star Capital, among many others as well. Uh, also, um, Oakcoin have said they're going to they have forging a new uh, relationship with Stacks uh, to promote the development of a broader DeFi ecosystem on Bitcoin. So uh, clearly, Stacks did perform yesterday. Now, before I forget, let me just go through uh, a few more of the stats in terms of crypto market today. What's happening? Uh, just with different sectors and that sort of thing. So what we what we found, as I said before, is uh, the gainers were 13% and the losers were 87%. We did find a lot of traders got washed out again last night, liquidated $204 million uh, worth, got liquidated across 61,497 traders. And it was across 86 million of Bitcoin, 41 million, Ethereum, Luna 13, Sol 5, uh, XRP, 4 million, and 2.3 million of AVUX and, and many others. And turns out all the traders were long and long on margin and got killed again last night. It's been a very bad four months for traders. It's been a very hard market and the market's been down for four months and it's been very, very frustrating, that's for sure. So we saw the big movers with stacks, as I said, because of Oakcoin up 25%. Flux at 13.99, Zek, which is a privacy coin, up 6.5, Storage, 6.5, Safe was up there, OMG was up there, PAXG, which is a gold, gold coin, and TRX. So um, if we look at uh, the sectors, most of the sectors were down anything from minus 4 uh, to maybe uh, slightly positive, but most of them were actually down, okay? The only one that stood out... Uh, as in a sector that was up was abandoned and that was up 10%. But other sectors, some of the larger sectors were down uh, 12%, you know, and they included things like Alchemist, you know, BZ Protocol, Maker and this sort of thing, which is more DeFi. Uh, also, um, we found, you know, other sectors that were down, say, what, six odd percent or something like that. And that, that was the highest uh, or lending and lending and borrowing were down 7.34% as such as well. So um, interesting in itself, uh, what was down and what was up. Uh, if we look at what was up in the abandonment section, it was basically this thing called Motto Coin, a uh, very small coin, which was up 88%. And that pulled the uh, the index up to, to a positive, okay? So um, Apart from that, we did see Bitcoin futures and Ethereum futures being lower than the physical market, which means there's more selling going on again in the futures, but the physical market is holding up much 
better, okay? So that gives us uh, some information in itself. Now, also, just going back to the news, Credit Suisse have launched a $200 million crypto options trading fund. And the fellow that used to work at Credit Launch, CK Zeng, is raising the money for a new hedge fund in crypto space. He's, uh, he's teamed up with two native crypto investors and targeting to raise $200 million. Uh, this, value, this fellow, CK Zeng, was formerly the Global Head of Valuation Risk and Investment of European Investment Bank Credit uh, Suisse and is targeting to raise $200 million for a new crypto hedge fund. He was a Wall Street veteran, and we see it all the time, Wall Street veterans that were in other things, going into the cryptocurrency market and uh, raising more money to put into the cryptocurrency market. And this can only be good people, seriously. This is really good. Uh, the Wall Street Fed has joined forces with Felix Hung and Yemu Hung to launch XZ Squared Capital, and which will deploy strategies in crypto options to help better returns with less volatility. And that's something I've been looking at today also, people, looking at options. Uh, I'd like to introduce that to all of you uh, when the market, you know, is, is sort of doing what it's doing. But, you know, we can take advantage of when the market's going down or up and basically hedge our portfolios. So, you know, I'm going to send some stuff out for people to get, uh, you know, organised on uh, buying calls or buying puts, okay, because you can make a lot of money out of those strategies. And, um, you know, and not a lot of people look at them. And, you know, myself and Lizzie have a lot of experience in buying options, calls and puts, which can add to the return of your portfolio, particularly when the market's going down. So you can buy puts when the market's going down, and that protects you from the downside of the call, call uh, of, of the coins and tokens that you're holding, okay? So, uh, and they can actually add to your returns. So, you know, there is a lot of opportunity in options uh, and you really need to know what you're doing. But I, I will uh, continue to teach everyone how to do that. And, um, you know, let's add to the performance of our portfolios why this market's trading in a very, very narrow range. So uh, that that's quite interesting. Also, HBAR Foundation launches a hundred million climate focused impact fund, uh, you know, which is very interesting in itself. Um, and they're, they're launching that, and it's designed to strengthen accountability and transparency in ecological markets. Uh, it's a HBAR Foundation is a philanthropic and independent subsidiary of distributed ledger firm Hedera Hashgraph. And I think this is a great story. Uh, they're looking at um, the recipient being a Welsh blockchain company called Doveview has been granted an undisclosed portion of the 100 mil uh, treasury to pursue the open source Guardian technology to develop publicity transparent mechanisms such as their audit trail to verify carbon offsetting data. And as you know, carbon offsets are huge now because carbon obviously destroys the environment. And I think this is a great story. Uh, a, so a supporter of the Crypto Climate Accord, Dovey carbon-centric market cap platform, aggregates an abundance of real-time quantitative data on all Ethereum-based projects, tracking and openly pu publishing their carbon data based upon transaction output and suggesting tokenomics negotiation measures through investment in Dovu's native asset, Dove. And I think that's really how this all should work. People that, you know, ex people that actually... Uh, cause carbon should be paying for it and people that you know plant trees and everything else you know should be given money for doing that as well so that's how it sort of effectively works if you you know destroy the environment with carbon then you should pay for it people that enhance the environment by you know um building tree you know planting trees and that they actually receive uh you know um you know receipts from the people that are actually destroying it and i think that's a really really good story. Uh, you know, there's other people, uh, Binance is also supporting it, uh, Bittrex is supporting it, Hue Global supporting it, Hubi Global and Moonpay, which is great, and Gal Galaxy. So it's a, it's a very, very good story. And I think more things like that need to be done in terms of energy, uh, energy efficiency uh, and that sort of thing and, and to the environment. Now, also, there was a report that I mentioned about Justin's son accused of insider trading uh, and gaming and, you know, doing lots of things between Tron, BitTorrent and Poloniannex, which is absolutely uh, basically denied. 
Uh, you know, this was for an article from uh, some written by a journalist called Kristen, Christopher Harland Dunaway. Uh, oh, he wrote it in Verge, and uh, Ver, uh, the article was called. It was a paper called Verge. But, you know, he get, again, he said he allegedly controlled millions worth of Bitcoin belonging to Pol- Polonian Next users and, you know, was involved in some shady and risky activities. But, again, you know, these accusations you've got to actually prove, right? Uh, you know, Justin, res- Justin Sun responded uh, saying the article was prefabricated, you know, that Pol- Polonian, Polonian Next, which he, owns with, with the, uh, which he owns with Tron and BitTorrent, was secure and, you know, had the best of know-your-client technology and, and the best of security. So I guess, you know, these allegations have to be proved. Uh, you know, can't make those allegations if you can't prove them, essentially. Um, also, another uh, DeFi, Cake, is launching a $100 million venture fund, uh, and it's going to be $100 million fresh funding intended to accelerate the growth of Web3 gaming and fintech firms. Now, Web3... We're not on Web3 at the moment. We're more Web2. Web3 is the opening up of the whole internet um, for basically cryptocurrency technology, okay, where everything is decentralised. And that's what Web3 is is going towards, okay? So it's a decentralisation in terms of uh, cryptocurrency technology and that sort of thing. Um, So this fund is, uh, you know, going to be huge. Uh, you know, they're, they're basically in Singapore and Southeast Asia and they're finding that they're growing very quickly because of a lot of people that are very interested to get onto this platform and uh, and do this sort of thing. So, um, and get more exposure to, to crypto. Uh, also, this Web3 project funding uh, has a number of large players in it, including Paragon, uh, FTX, which we know, and Pantera Capital, which we know as well. Also, Spartan Group, another group, announced a 200 million metaverse fund with emphasis on digital ownership. Now, the more funds that come to the market means that they're looking for more clients to invest in cryptocurrency. And this can only be good for the cryptocurrency market, okay? There's only about 200 million uh, people in the world out of 7.9 billion that invest in cryptocurrency, most of them Americans, about 16%. And seriously, this is great for cryptocurrency. What it means is these funds have to buy cryptocurrency <clears throat> or invest in specific types of cryptocurrency, and it actually takes out the supply in the market. If you take the supply out in the market, you know, prices of crypto go up. It's very clear, okay? So Spartan Group announced a $200 million metaverse fund with an emphasis on digital ownership. They're an Asian-based consultancy and venture capital firm, uh, and it's set to, you know, obviously it's looking for more people to, to invest in this fund. They had another fund, a DeFi fund, 110 mil, and now they're creating this other $200 million fund uh, where they'll be investing in metaverse uh, type uh, coins and tokens and also, um, you know, other digital uh, cryptocurrency as such. And they think the metaverse is going to be absolutely huge, uh, huge in terms of games and you know, play to earn and all those sort of things. Very similar to Axie Infinity and that sort of thing. And and they're right because Axie Infinity was one of the games that did the most transactions last year. Uh, so, you know, we see this market, you know, as they said, going, getting bigger and bigger. And I tend to agree with that, okay? Uh, Axie Infinity was huge and, you know, people like playing games. And I think there's even an Axie Infinity university course of some sort you can do as well and become a real great player and make a lot of money. Uh, so this is also backed by Alan Howard, who's very well known, and the Winklevoss twins who own Gemini, okay? Now, apparently Polygon has um, uh, announced a, a partnership with Adobe, which is a leading software company. Uh, they're working with Polygon to integrate the Ethereum scaling program, in, and it's in their Behance social media platform. So they're working with Adobe Polygon to create this Behance social media pro- platform, uh, which again is good because it's also uh, establishes NFTs, uh, non-fungible tokens, which are unique tokens, just like, um, you know, those silly tokens that people, you know, bought ape or, you know, um, the, you know, pictures of people with hats on and cigarettes and this sort of thing. So you can have a token for anything. But uh, it's been big business and, uh, you know, that's what they're going to do to create a much bigger NFT 
platform, okay? So they basically want this very similar to an open sea, uh, and open sea is very, very popular indeed. So uh, it's all very good. Now, Binance has, you know, been in the press a lot. Uh, they've made it very clear that they want to acquire acquisitions because they have a lot of cash. You know, uh, Chang Pang Zao is worth a fortune. He, his own personal wealth is $95 billion, and certainly Binance is going to be worth a lot more than that. Uh, as I said yesterday, they're identifying, looking at targets where they can bring crypto technology to those industries. So, you know, it could be media, it could be government, it could be anything, right, where they can bring cryptocurrency uh, to that industry that doesn't have cryptocurrency, uh, like stockbroking or anything like that. So, um, you know, they're looking at everywhere. But also Binance, you know, they've recently taken it off, uh, taken over Equinox. Uh, it's a Singaporean digital finance group, uh, which is also has custody called Digifault. So looking at custody as well. They also uh, have just recently, on the 3rd of March, invested in a Malaysian uh, exchange, Right, and uh, they haven't said how much they've invested in how much money, but they're all they're acquiring and looking all the time because they want to become one of the biggest businesses globally in the world. I mean, Binance is going to be another bank, seriously, and this is why I like Binance so much. I mean, they're burning their coin all the time. That's it's a billion billion dollar business in terms of revenue. They do seventy six percent of uh, business already, and honestly, they just you know they're just worth a fortune. Also, they uh, struck a deal with PaySafe. They've been acquiring a lot of assets in the last couple of years. And, you know, clearly, um, you know, this uh, Malaysian uh, exchange, they uh, invested in that and didn't disclose how much money uh, they, you know, that they invested. But don't forget, they also uh, took over some exchanges in Indonesia where the population is over 300 mil. And they also took over uh, an exchange, as you know, Wazir, in India, where the population is about 1.25 bill and it's nearly catching up to China. So Bernard's are no fools, and believe me, that coin should be over $1,000 easily, seriously, and they are burning every day, that coin. So it is a no-brainer to me. Uh, also, FTX, which is another crypto exchange, they're looking to expand. They're focusing on institutional investors with advisory, index products, trade execution, analytical tools, and capital. Uh, for in institutional investors, right? So they're obviously increasing all their products and their derivative products to get more clients in, right? And that's the name of the game, to get more clients in. Now, seriously, Binance has the whole market and uh, you can see that, you know, uh, Sam Bankman-Fried wants to compete with Binance. It's going to be pretty hard to do because, you know, Binance is such a huge uh business, you know, and uh, it has a lot of clients, believe me. Um, also, uh, FTX joins a crypto goliath to promote autonomy over sensitive information. FTX and Alchemy have added to the list of 14 crypto companies partnered with Verit, including Coinbase, Circle, Hedera, Hashgraph, Ledger, Solana Foundation and more, uh, which is, you know, it's an open source technology uh, project developed by Coinbase and Circle and they've onboarded FTX and Alchemy Network as their latest partners to collaborate on Verit. Verit is a set of shared decentralized identity protocols developed by Center to empower crypto-centric individuals and businesses by granting total control of their personal information. And personal information, you know, is serious, right? It's identity. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So they've all joined together. Read that. Uh, obviously, for know your client rules and any money laundering and all that sort of thing. So it's, you know, Verit uh, has identity standards, which make it very easy. Uh, there's a new level of clarity and privacy, and it makes sure that everyone's personal details, you know, can't be hacked and that sort of thing. So that's a great story for FTX as well. Um, also, FTX has chosen Stripe to build an onboard uh, identity, identity verification flow for users to join the exchange and the power uh, to make payments to adding funds to their account. Now, if you remember Stripe 2018 decided they weren't going to get involved in cryptocurrency. Now they've come back with a, a vengeance, right? And they're now back into cryptocurrency and they're offering different cryptocurrency, uh, fiat cryptocurrency payments and whatnot. And they're partnering with FTX as well. And I think they've partnered with a few other exchanges as well. Uh, they've partnered with blockchain.com and a few others as well. So uh, interesting that they've fallen on their sword and they've come back uh, basically to to cryptocurrency and they're connecting a lot of uh, different exchanges with with their uh, with their you know with their suite. This is Stripe, okay? So you know, very interesting indeed. Now, also, um, they're going to Stripe is also going to launch their own cryptocurrency business with the launch of a suite of products to support payments on its platform. So I think it's even going into buying and selling cryptocurrency as well because they can see that there's a lot of money in it. Uh, seriously. It's uh, saying they'll be able to support users to buy more than 135 plus cryptocurrencies with fiat currency in 180 different countries in the world, which is pretty good because it's 193 countries in the world. Uh, and also they deal with, you know, 3,400 banks and a lot of other people as well. So that's big news uh, for Stripe, definitely. Uh, they also uh, sh- also have partnerships, as I said, with FTX, FTX US, Blockchain, Nifty Gateway, Just Mining and many, many other partnerships. Uh, so that that's pretty, pretty good, I have to say. Uh, and... Um, just going back to FTX, they're also looking to expand in Europe with SciSec approval, which is the European, uh, you know, the well, it's actually European, but it's Cyprus Security and Exchange Commission because they want to open up an office there. Don't forget that their head office is going to be in Switzerland, okay? And that's something I mentioned yesterday as well, which is a great story for those. Now, just very quickly, getting back to the XRP lawsuit, it looks like, you know, clearly, you know, the SEC doesn't have a leg to stand on. Crypto law founder John Deaton says Ripple expects a court ruling might come down as soon as the end of March. Uh, and he, he's saying that it could, be, it could be due on the 31st of March. And then apparently there'll be pending motions and, and hopefully within six months this thing will be finished. Um, uh, most people think that XRP are going to win. Many people don't believe that the SEC has a leg to stand on. Uh, a Fox journalist, Alana Terrett, recently reported that SEC staff seem to be losing faith in the agency's ability to win the case. A close source to the SEC hinted to the Fox journalist that Commissioner Hester uh, Pierce indicated private concerns that the SEC might not achieve the outcome it is looking for. And certainly ex-SEC boss Joseph Grunfest said, uh, you know, that's probably going to be the case. The SEC has taken on too much and he, he feels that they're going to lose as well. And I certainly think they're going to lose because I don't think they've got a clue about RippleNet or Ripple's technology, cryptocurrency technology, that's for sure. Now, GSR partners with, with Chainlink to integrate their price data for smart chains, smart contracts, and this is why I like Chainlink so much. We invest in Chainlink. They put on two clients a day, every day. Every time a client integrates price data or smart contracts with Chainlink, that, that client, whether it's a partner, has to pay, right? They're really clients and they have to pay Chainlink for that, that data, okay, and that decentralised Oracle network, right? So that's good business for Chainlink. They're making a lot of money and their coin at the moment is very, very cheap, you know, and that's the thing. Chainlink have a lot of clients, okay? They have high-quality market data uh, on a multi-chain ecosystem. They've got innovative smart contracts. They're blockchain agnostic. Chainlink is incredible and has all the security 
uh, and all the reval security which you need, okay? For options, futures, predictive markets, yield products, algorithmic stable coins, and all sorts of things. Chainlink is pretty amazing, okay? Um, also, Hyphen just recently integrated with Chainlink, but many other companies have, have uh, you know, used Chainlink and they continue to use Chainlink. Now, also something I want to bring to your attention, everyone, is commodities are going up. And, you know, I'm looking around, and this is why I was looking at a lot of stuff today. You know, one good idea, I think, is to look at some commodity-based cryptos. And I don't know how many are in the market, but I will do that because I've got an interest, certainly, for our investment portfolio to invest in commodity-based cryptos. And, you know, gold looks pretty good to me. And one commodity-based gold crypto is PAX, PAX GUSD, right? Uh, and so that thing has, you know, done pretty well. It came off 1840 and it's now around 1994. Uh, and, you know, if gold goes higher and higher, which I suspect it will, this will be quite a good investment. Uh, basically, it is, you know, it's a coin, an index coin uh, with the backing of gold, okay? So basically, if gold goes up, this coin will go up with gold. And there doesn't seem to be a lot of basis risk between physical gold and this coin. So um, it's a gold-backed cryptocurrency where the value is pegged to the price of gold, and apparently um, it is uh, it is uh, it's regulated, and they have to buy a hundred percent backed buy an ounce of gold for everything they do for everything they issue. Okay, uh, the issue is Paxos, a New York State Chartered Trust company regulated by the New York State Department of Financial Services. Okay, so every issue they do of the coin they have to back it by an ounce of gold okay so it's 31 grams for an ounce of gold uh, and that's got to be audited and and approved and everything else okay and it, it is you know it's obviously you know um, looked at by the regulatory authorities as well so I'm having a look at that and a few other things also some option strategies as well so uh, keep watching out on patron uh, you know to the higher tiers of my patron now, also leading cryptocurrency uh, 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 cold storage company GK8 recently announced support for the Tezos ecosystem. Now, I love Tezos, okay? It's a great story. Uh, and the reason why they did that, they've given them a grant because they think that, you know, uh, Tezos has incredible infrastructure. It has incredible ecosystem, has high security and scalability and is crucial for mainstream blockchain adoption. Uh, GK8, which again, you know, is, you know, a custodian, which needs the best of the best and cold storage, right? Uh, you know, basically said Tezos brings the features to the table, uh, you know, of incredible ecosystem, incredible security, you know, having the ability to tokenize traditional assets and also having amazing security and, you know, is pretty much is starting to integrate with agnostic blockchains and as well as being Ethereum compatible, right? And it can also do DeFi's and has layer two smart contracts and, uh, you know, and also not only that, has insurance of over 750 million. So uh, this integration for Tezos is a great story and a big winner for Tezos, okay? Uh, you know, very, very much so. Um, you know, GK8 is basically a custodian, but it is a true cold vault, okay, where crypto assets, the uh, public key and the private key, are stored in crypto asset secured vaults, uh, literally in vaults, right, um, you know, where you've got your private key as well, which is like your PIN number, okay, the public key is like your account number, the private key is like your PIN number, if you lose your PIN number, you're absolutely stuffed if you lose your 20 secret words, okay, uh, so this uh, company secures and enables clients to create, sign and send blockchain transactions without an internet connection. Due to its security layer, it was able to obtain a partnership with payment giant MasterCard. The partners will cooperate on promoting crypto adoption, supporting innovation and will work on making crypto-based services and products more accessible. And the fact that they've integrated with Tezos, which is a coin I love, I think it's quite amazing, okay? And that's why I love Tezos. Uh, so, you know, the, the, the uh, cooperation between GK8 and Tezos was the result of their grant uh, 
program. I'm not sure how much the grain is, but it's a big tick for Tezos, people. I can tell you right now, a big tick. Also, just very quickly, uh, Foundation Device has unveiled a new Bitcoin hard wallet called Passport Batch 2. Apparently, it's thinner and cheaper. Updated the previous Founders Edition. I'd like to have a look at this. Uh, I don't have time to talk about it now, but I will put it on as a link on Patreon. But this looks very interesting to me, and I'd like to have a look at it. It's a new uh, Bitcoin hardware wallet, and it's called Passport Batch 2 because uh, there's a lot to cover today, so I can't cover everything. Uh, also, SoftBank um, wants to get more into global NFTs, right? Now, SoftBank, as I said, they invest a lot of cryptocurrencies in startup programs and everything. They're the internet subsidiary, and they're called Z Holdings, the internet subsidiary of Japanese conglomerate, which is huge, holding company SoftBank, okay? Z Holdings is owned by SoftBank. And they want to get into NFTs and leverage the firm's PayPay service in order to attract Web3, Metaverse and NFT patrons. Mm. Just have some water. Now, this is going to be huge, right? Absolutely huge for, uh, for, for them, uh, Z Holdings and, Web, uh, and SoftBank. Because the thing is, SoftBank invests in so many startup programs, it's not funny, and they have so much money. It is not funny, okay? Um, so, uh, you know, it's a, it's a great story for them and they want to get into this, you know, pay for your earning, you know, Web3 and all that sort of thing. Uh, you know, and again, Web3, you know, looks at the concepts of blockchain and decentralization and tokenomics, okay? And that's the difference between, you know, Web3 and Web2. We're still on Web2 where it's very centralized, where, for example, Facebook... You know, you can get all your details, what you're looking at. All the advertising companies can get your details. That's why you get all the crap through, your, you know, that gets sent to spam and everything else. And Web3, that won't be able to happen, right? Because it'll be decentralized, not centralized, okay? And that's the biggest difference between Web2 and Web3. So um, this is huge for SoftBank and, and certainly for Z Holdings, uh, SoftBank subsidiary. So, you know, they're getting in there. Uh, you know, it, they see the world as being completely different. They see there's being a huge growth opportunity. It's almost like online line gaming, but you pay to earn. Uh, also uh, in this space, also don't forget, is um, Rakuten, which is a huge online retail giant in Japan. Uh, and they are also doing NFTs, okay? So the Japanese love this sort of stuff, and this will be huge absolutely huge okay uh and i think this is going to be very interesting there's a lot of competition in the nft space with open as you know rareable looks rare magic eden coinbase ftc and crypto.com plus there's a lot of a lot of other sports people and you know artists and all that sort of thing doing nfts as well so but um uh, z holding softbank think this market is going to be worth 5.9 billion in the next five years and they figure that it's too you know the volume uh, and the growth is going to be too uh too much for us to stay out of this market when there's such such incredible opportunity now very quickly there was a report by wealth x talking about um you know crypto investors you know how we tend to be more entrepreneurial and have much more risk tolerance than the average investor and that we become uh, more wealthier because, it, and they said most people that are in the crypto market, the average age is 47. So if you're under 47, you still have plenty of time. And the average uh, holdings, you know, the average net worth is about 6 mil, okay? And it says that if, if we compare crypto uh, holders and investors to other investors in the fiat market, you know, the average age for fiat market uh, investors is about 60 odd, 63 or 64. Uh, and you know they're much more um, much more conservative. So they said that the crypto sector is incredibly notable for you know for uh, people where their age is you know lower, much lower at forty seven, but they're you know prepared to take on a lot of risk to make themselves quite rich. And it's because we know the story in the crypto market. We know everything about crypto. And that doesn't surprise me. Now, very quickly, State Street, uh, State Street, which is a very large uh, Boston-based investment bank, has announced a new crypto custody uh, offering in partnership with Copper, the UK 
based custodial startups. So even State Street's getting into this, right? Where State Street have been notoriously uh, ones for being against crypto and, and, you know, have only just come into it now, right? Uh, Copper, which is a custodial, uh, they raised $500 million last year and now State Street is using them as a custody uh, for their for their own clients with crypto, which is a big story in itself, right? Now, as I said, uh, State Street, you know, we're, we're never, we're always against crypto. So now they're here. It's quite amazing. Uh, also, we find uh, uh, Luna, Neobank, Luna raises $77 million to fuel Nordic expansion. Uh, again, they've announced a crypto trading portfolio. You know, again, the Danes, uh, you know, want to get into crypto. That's big business over there. Big financial backers called Heartline, Kenevik, Tennyson, which we know, and IDC Ventures, right? And they see a big market uh, there and they want to create, obviously, you know, exchange and a metaverse and Web3. So this is going, this is global people, right? Absolutely global. Uh, Luna is headquartered in, uh, in Denmark. And, you know, they want to increase their exposure there. There's a lot of wealthy people in Norway and Denmark. Uh, they have a very high income, a lot of personal wealth. Uh, and, you know, they see that being a huge opportunity in the Scandinavian areas particularly. So uh, also BNY Mellon partners with Chain Analysis to track user cryptocurrency transactions. Again, Bank of New York Mellon is one of the, it's the fifth largest bank in the world, okay, uh, by custody. It's huge, absolutely huge. And they're getting more into cryptocurrency every day. Very quickly, Wiretaps, uh, which we're invested in, Wire, Wirex, Taps, uh, Dex, aggregator for Paraswap to improve price discovery. We, we've gone into Wirex, and I think it's a great opportunity, Wirex. There's four and a half million people. They also have a partnership with Z, uh, Z Hash, which is a cryptocurrency exchange, 350 million US. Uh, also, they're, they're partnered with Paraswap to make DeFi more accessible by using the DEX aggregator's price algorithm and thus be able to seamlessly exchange multiple tokens, saving users large amounts of money and effort. And that's good for Wirex, okay, uh, because they want to get bigger. And, you know, they've got a very good wallet and they're improving their service, which used to be pretty crappy in the past, but certainly they've improved their service and they're, you know, basically uh, got, they have some significant uh, partnerships now, which is great. Uh, they've increasingly uh, put on new coins, Avalanche, Polygon. They're also connected Binance Smart Chain and Phantom uh, blockchains as, as, as well. And they also have an integration with Seller Network C Bridges application with Paraswap as well. So that's really good for those guys. And I think this will this will really propel their business. And this is why I'm investing in Wirex because I just think it's one uh, that's really under the wire and I think it can go a long way. It's not even half a cent. Uh, also, they recently launched a service in the United States, uh, digital platform and want to reach millions of people, uh, whether it be crypto and fiat currencies. Uh, they've begun a debit card across America, uh, following partnership with Zero Hash, Checkout.com, Visa, and Sutton Bank. Okay, so uh, at the moment you can buy and sell about 37 different cryptocurrencies. It has a mobile app, contactless Visa debit card, and I think it's a great story. Um, they and also they have online stores at over 61 million local local uh, locations. So. Very quick, I'm going to miss some of this other stuff. As I said, Binance staked their, some money in a Malaysian startup, uh, which is an exchange of some sort. This guy is buying the whole world and he's got the money to do it, which doesn't surprise me. Uh, also, um, options a lot of options being done, as I said, uh, call option strategies for bullish type strategies. The most traded assets yesterday were XRP, Casper, Shibu, Inu, Stellar Lumas and Hedera Hashgraph. The most the, on the social media, the twenty-four hot searches were Symbosis Finance, Soulframe, Terra, Phantom, Astroport, BNB, and Of. On Coin Market Cap, what was the most viewed? Catgirl, Golden Ball, Degen Finance, Go Crypto Me, Nexus, Libero, Bitcoin, Hano, XRP, Bitgood, Ethereum, 
And also, we got a Lunar Lush. What were they looking at there? Bitcoin, Ethereum, Tezos, Pancakeswap, XRP, Dodge, Shibu, Inu, Decentraland, Decentraland Cardano, Rarible, Certic, which is interesting because we're investing in Certic, Safe Moon, and Axie Infinity. If I look at my, um, my trading stuff, I've got basically, you're still bullish about 46 and various 14.37. If I look at the price action on Bitcoin, uh, on the four-hour chart, the 200-day moving average, price is still under that, which is really annoying. It needs to get back over 4.0308 for it to be bullish. Very, very annoying. The equity market was off last night. The DAX was down 1.1% and the rest were down 03 uh, We have seen a slight recovery today after the uh, US uh, CPI. Uh, interest rates did go up. 10-year bond rate in Australia is 2.355 now, up six basis points. Also, if we go to India, um, to, to the US, up 4.2. So 10-year bond rate now is 1.993, close to 2%. Uh, we see LIBOR rates are pushing out, which is short-term money market, money market funding for the banks. Uh, we see that uh, a three-month LIBOR rate in the US is at 0.745. When, you know, in February, the start of February, it was at 0.377. So it's gone up quite a lot, people have to say. And you can see that even in Europe as well, okay? Uh, Euro European uh, rates have gone up quite a bit as well. Uh, and right across the world, actually. If we look at US yen, it's at 116.35. Euro is at 109.9 to the US. We see the US is performing very well against other, uh, other uh, currencies particularly the Indonesian rupiah uh, is performing very well against, obviously, the ruble, the Turkish lira and everything else. The Turkish lira is nearly at 15 now to the US. So the Turkish lira is actually falling against the US. If we look at oil last night, it was at 106. Brett was at 109. Natural gas, 464, up a bit. Gasoline at 316, down. If we look at silver, slightly down. Gold, 1992. Uh, if we look at steel, 4990, slightly up. Aluminium was up 4% at 3472. Soybeans, 1697, up 0.64. Coin was up nearly 3% at 755. Uh, and uh, if we look at the Baltic Dry Index, which is the transport index, it's still going up 5.71% to 2704. So those are still moving up. Credit spreads and emerging market debt spreads are still selling off. Another thing to be wary of, our COVID stats are still increasing um, at an alarming rate. Uh, now we've got 453.639 mil with COVID cases. That's up from yesterday, about one and a half. And the day before, it was up about 1.3 million. And, you know, there's also um, China, as I said, their cases have hit the highest since the earlier outbreak in Wuhan of COVID, which was more than two years ago. Uh, also, in Europe, Germany posted a new record infection rate. Scotland has as well. And uh, some people, some countries are saying, you know, please wear your mask and extend that. So in parts of Europe and China, uh, COVID is breaking out again. So please uh, all be careful out there. Anyway, that's enough of me. Sorry, guys, it took forever today. There's a lot to cover and I had to cut some of those stories back. But uh, I look forward to talking to you uh, on Monday, and I do believe this cryptocurrency market will be bull in the next, uh, you know, four, four to five weeks. I'm absolutely sure of it. Thanks very much for listening to me, and I'll talk to you next week.